This is a Diet of Brussels. What actually happens if we have a vote to leave? Uh, we've talked about this uh, on a number of occasions, but it's useful, uh, just looking back over the past podcast titles, just to kind of focus on this much more explicitly, that uh, one of the things I think that a lot of people haven't really appreciated is the consequence of uh, leaving. So I'm going to talk here primarily about the process and the ramifications of that process rather than about what's it like in a non-EU uh, membership uh, UK. Um, this is all set out in Article 50 of the treaties. Now, your life might be too short to go and read treaties. Mine uh, feels like it's too short, but uh, it's the kind of thing I go and do. There are a number of steps. Uh, the first step is not actually in the treaty, which is that there's a decision by a country to leave. Now, uh, that's what we're doing here in the UK. Uh, and one has to imagine that if there is a no vote, then David Cameron will be bound to uh, deliver uh, his decision that the UK wants to leave uh, to the European Union. Now, that's what triggers this process. Now, I'll come back to that, but uh, it's an important first point that a, a member state needs to decide to join, uh, to leave rather, and that that's uh, entirely at its discretion about how it does that and what process it follows. Once the UK has done that, uh, then that triggers a process of uh, negotiation about agreeing the terms of exit. Now, this is something which is provided for in the treaties and which really explain, is explained uh, in, in some detail about quite how we, we disentangle a country from uh, its uh, membership obligations. Now, in essence, what happens is that uh, the member states uh, and the commission, uh, so the member states apart from the one that wants to leave, uh, get together they bring together a package, which is then presented to the member states leaving, um, which sets out uh, all of the provisions uh, and the, the proposed uh, relationship. Uh, the country that's leaving needs to agree to that. Then the European Parliament needs to agree to it as well. Once everyone agrees, then uh, you follow... Uh, the timeline that that sets out, which would presumably be a certain number of days after the final agreement. Um, in the case that there is not agreement, then negotiations carry on. But uh, there is a two-year maximum period that's set out in Article 50. It basically says if you haven't reached an agreement after two years and there isn't an agreement by everyone to extend that period, then uh, you simply leave. And we kind of fall back onto... Uh, the standards of uh, international uh, law. Now, uh, you can see reasons why you might want to extend it. Let's say you get to the end of two years and you feel that you're close and you just need a bit more time, then uh, that might work. But importantly, the member state that is leaving remains a member state until it has left. Now, that might sound obvious, but let's say there's a big, something great majority on the 23rd of June. It doesn't mean that on the 24th of June, the UK is out. It means that the UK has ent will enter into a uh, negotiation uh, about how it will leave. Now, uh, 
the earliest that you could be sure that it would leave would be in two years' time, so 2018, um, and potentially it might be longer depending on the terms that are set up. Interestingly, though, um, if it's decided in the course of this process that actually the member state wants to stay a member, then uh, it, Article 50 says, well, you've actually got to go and reapply for membership. So uh, this is kind of slightly odd thing that probably wasn't thought about too hard at the time of drafting, which basically says that uh, the other member states and the European Parliament need to approve this country staying in on the same standards on which you would uh, make a decision uh, about a new country joining. Now, uh, one level, that should be unproblematic because the country is already a member state. It uh, presumably already uh, fulfills all the obligations of membership, otherwise it wouldn't be a member. So there's no good reason why uh, a country uh, should uh, be barred on technical grounds. Clearly on political grounds, there are a lot of uh, reasons why you might decide to make a point of it. Last point here really is that uh, the key point then is uh, that Cameron actually has uh, an important decision to make at the point at which there is uh, a vote to leave, which is precisely to say, well, you know, do I actually notify the EU that rather than triggering this process, we might decide to do things informally first, see if we can work something out, particularly if it's a, a very marginal kind of result and maybe we can try and uh, uh, sort something out one way or the other. Now, that's uh, within uh, the law, but uh, you might imagine that uh, Cameron would get a lot of stick for that. So um, even though uh, Parliament is clearly not bound by the outcome of this uh, referendum, it's impossible to see uh, a politically acceptable way in which Parliament could vote for anything other than the same thing that uh, people had voted for in uh, the referendum itself. So that's really just a quick rundown of Article 50 and, and what actually happens uh, if you get a no vote.